everybody. Welcome to another episode of Keeping Carlson Short Shifts. I am your host, Louis Ezekiel. Joining me this evening here on a Thursday, a very busy Thursday, uh, is Elon Dubrovsky. Elon, how you doing, bud? What's up, Louis? Really excited to talk to you. I've been jumping back and forth between you and Ben doing the short shifts gambit, and we've got a big one tonight. We, we, we can't do any small talk because we have too many games to talk about, and we got to fit it all in a half an hour, so I'm ready to go, man. All right, well, let's start with the biggest news of the day, and that is that just under the wire, uh, Ottawa managed to get Brady Kachuk signed uh, at seven years at $8.2 million. Ottawa drafters can breathe a sigh of relief. They're going to have him up there on that top line. Uh, he is not going to participate in Thursday's game, uh, but he will be back in the lineup soon. Could be as early as Saturday and Sunday. No news yet here. Uh, but we'll certainly keep you posted as we find out. Watch game day lines, all that good stuff, which, of course, you're doing already. Uh, any thoughts on the, the impact of Kachuk's return? Obviously, no one's like picking him up off the waiver wire, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, well, first of all, I guess anyone who was planning on boycotting the Sens this season can uh, put down the pitchforks because Melnick actually did pay big money on a long-term contract, and I think he's going to be the heart and soul of the team for a long time, so it's great for the Sens. And as far as fantasy goes, I mean, it's going to be great for Batherson and Norris, who get to play. Not, nothing wrong with Jimmy Stu, uh, who was playing on the top line today, but uh, I guess, you know, you want to have your best player there. It's going to help the power play. It's going to be good, potentially, for, like, a Shane Pinto, who gets Schutzler now to fall to the second line, and Pinto, by the way, playing today for the Sens. The Sens actually don't even need uh, Brady Kachuk, according to what's going on right now. We're, we're recording this on Thursday night, and we're just starting the third period. And Ottawa's up 3 nothing against the Leafs. So uh, things are looking pretty good for the Sens, including their goalie. So Matt Murray decided to be sick. I, I guess that's not a nice way to say it, but he misses so much time. And this season is no different to start it anyways. And Anton Forsberg got the start. As of now, I don't want to jinx anything, but he's made 25 saves and hasn't let in a goal yet. So... I don't know. If you're looking for a goalie in a deep league, this uh, Anton Forsberg's having a really good start to the season against the Leafs. Yeah, very nice outing for him. I, we're, you and Bet, Brian and I are playing a, an underdog game today, and uh, I picked uh, the uh, Leafs goalie, and I'm kind of disappointed with this outcome so far. Not going to do me a whole lot of good. I thought for sure, backup goalie, no Brady Kachuk. It's going to be easy pickings for me. Not looking so hot. Yeah, uh, Morazic not having a good game, which is fine for me because I believe my cupful opponent, Jeremy, has uh, Morazic. So I'm happy about that if that is the case. I'm in a bunch of leagues. I think, though, that's the case. Uh, so speaking of surprise goalie starts, by the way, how about with Washington yesterday? I mean, with Forsberg playing, you know, I mean, whatever, Murray's injured, so it's not that huge of a surprise. But how about the Cavs? Peter Laviolette decided to play Vitek Vanacek, even though Ilya Samsonov is fine. He just decided that Vanacek had a better preseason, and he gave him the season opener versus the Rangers. And apparently... The this is the correct choice. Vanacek stopped 23 of 24 in the 5-1 win. So he had a great game. The Caps destroyed the Rangers. And I wonder if this is a sign that Sansonov is not the starting goalie that we expected him to be, right? Maybe at best we're looking at a 50-50 thing or maybe Samsonov's lost the job. Obviously, it's like one game, so it's too uh, early to like you know speculate too much. But at the very least, we should point out 875 save percentage in three preseason games for Samsonov. Vanacek was better. I guess that's why Vanacek got the start. A good start now for Vanacek tells me that I would consider consider dropping Samson off for another goalie option, depending on who's out there, maybe even for Vanacek, but also maybe for, you know, some other goalie. Like, I think definitely you should be scouring your wire if you have Ilya Samsonov and see if you have a better option out there. 
Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to overreact to just one game, but it should be a little bit of concern, certainly, that the coach saw uh, fit to put him in. And it's not a back-to-back situation like we saw with the Rangers, where they put Georgiev out first so that they could have their home starter with Shesterkin. You know, the Rangers did come out very, very flat, so uh, that may have contributed as well. But certainly, you know, you've got a good team playing in front of you that can dominate opponent the way the Caps did to the Rangers. That's going to make you look really good. So congratulations to Vanacek. And yeah, I would certainly watch that moving forward. Uh, but, you know, that was a very exciting game. Obviously, we had Ovi return kind of at the last second and put on a great performance. Fifth overall now, all time in goals scored with two goals and two assists. Was one of those a shorty? Yeah, assisted by Evgeny Kuznetsov, who we already told you on the show. He's going to be playing with Ovi at even strength on the power play and now apparently also shorthanded. So Kuz is going to be locked in with Ovi for the foreseeable future while Backstrom is still healing from his uh, back injury, I believe it is. So Kuznetsov, three assists on the night to go along with Ovi's four points. So, yeah, I don't know. All I could say is we told you so on the last Keeping Carlson. I, I literally said, I listened back to the clip. I said, Kuznetsov is going to have a big season. Book it. Three points right off the bat. I got to say it, Lewis. So I'll, I'll also admit things I got wrong. <laughs> That shorty assist was great, too, because he banked it off the, the backboards, kind of like the, the fast-moving Joe Lewis Arena boards. They used to do that all the time uh, for the shorty, and it was uh, his first shorthanded goal in 12 years. Wow, Wild. that's amazing. <laughs> but he's just never out there for that kind of time. You know, he plays yeah. so much, he locks so many minutes in other situations. Uh, another really exciting development in that game was Hendricks Lapierre. Uh, are you experienced? LaPierre is not, obviously, as he is up in the NHL here for the first time, but he lined up with Oshie and Sherry, uh, plus he got some power play two-time with Wilson, Eller, Ovi, and Schultz. Then now, it's worth pointing out, that line really got caved in at even strength. Only 17% Corsi 4 there, so that is uh, total shot attempts uh, for each team. You know, they were only uh, driving 17% of the play there. So that's not great. I think it's exciting for LaPierre. What do you think? Is this fantasy relevant at all? I'm inclined to uh, lean away from this and just say, you know, exciting to get out there for the first game. But I need to see a lot more before I'm jumping on Hendricks LaPierre. Well, I mean, you left out the best part is that he scored a goal in his first ever game. So that's kind of exciting. But of course, yeah, it's not the most amazing spot for him. And we'll see if he can keep it up. He's not someone I'm jumping on except for in the deepest of leagues. But hey, he's not a nobody, right? He was picked in the first round in 2020. And now he's getting deployment with Oshie, who also had himself a game. Uh, It's been one game for the Caps. We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, Lapierre isn't the only rookie to come in and score a goal in his first game. We've got like a whole list of them ready to go. All right, so also scoring goals uh, among our rookies, uh, we have Bowen Byram, uh, Jacob Peterson for Dallas, Mason McTavish for the Ducks. Uh, Very exciting stuff. Yeah, Bowen Byram, obviously like a big name, someone who was picked fourth overall that we expect to have a huge pedigree. So it shouldn't be surprising that he's getting on the score sheet here in his first game of the season, though he is on Colorado, probably the worst situation for a defenseman just because he's blocked behind so many other amazing players. But maybe right now with Devon Taves out, that's an extra opportunity for Byram. So he's someone that I would consider in leagues if you need D, though obviously he's going to, you know, have to struggle to get that power play time. He'll get the PP2 every once in a while, but He's not going to beat Makar out for the top power play. Uh, but yeah, Byram is interesting. Mason McTavish, a third overall pick. I, I didn't even know Mason McTavish was going to play this year. I thought that it was just Eklund from this draft that was going to be playing. Then here comes McTavish, scores a goal in his first game for the Ducks. Yeah, really cool. So he lined up with Lundestrom and Silverberg. Uh, so kind of a cool spot. Isaac Lundestrom, certainly uh, an interesting person to keep a watch on and someone who's going to be valuable for the Ducks moving forward. 
managed a goal and an assist, got three minutes on the power play. That's pretty solid. The other uh, rookie goal scorer from Thursday night is Jacob Peterson, who some people were kind of excited about. Another in the long line of people whose name starts with J.A. and ends with Sun uh, for Dallas. <laughs> but he lined up with Joe Pavelski and Rupe Hint so far. He's got a goal. Uh, so pretty cool stuff to see him come in and have some success, too. I know a few people were streaming him in, uh, which is great to see. Uh, so someone else, you know, maybe to keep an eye on another potential rising star uh, out there in Dallas. Yeah. Uh, so right now he's obviously subbing in for Jason Robertson on that line while Robertson is injured. But apparently Peterson had a really good camp. I actually grabbed him in my Dynasty League, a super deep league where you shouldn't be able to find anyone who's going to be playing in the top six that's minors eligible with an entry-level contract. So I was very happy about that. But yeah, you were talk- we were talking before also about Mason McTavish. Let's like circle back to that Ducks game, who, by the way, who had this on their bingo card that John Gibson would be the goal you'd want in this duel between him and Connor Hellebuck. Connor Hellebuck stunk. Four goals against on 22 shots. Anyone who reached to draft him in the first round were like, oh man, I kind of wish I picked Ovi in that spot at this point. Uh, meanwhile, John Gibson stopped 33 of 34 in the win. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be recommending for anyone to be freaking out about Connor Hellebuck. Maybe the opposite. Maybe now's a good time. If, you, if you're if you in a league with a, a Hellebuck manager that happens to be the type that freaks out, you could always be like, oh, I'll take the guy off your hands. I'll throw someone over to you. But uh, let, I, I got a comparison for you, though. How about if you have... Ilya Samsonov, who is, by the way, 93% rostered on Yahoo, and John Gibson is just sitting there in free agency at only 46% rosters. This is a very likely situation. Are you making that swap right now? Dump Samsonov, who might be in a tandem, grab Gibson, who's a sure starter and had a strong start to the season? Uh, I'm going to go on the side of no way am I making the swap for Samsonov for Gibson. Listen, Gibson is a very talented goalie. I I appreciate everything that he's trying to do out there for Anaheim, but I think it is silly to make so much out of... You're making a big mountain out of this little molehill of the first game of the season. I am not worried enough about Samsonov to think that Gibson, who has been quite bad the last few years, is somebody that I want to make that swap for, for to you know lose a goalie off of a good team like the Caps. Sorry. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I don't want to turn this into an Elon Ben episode of Short Shifts, but I do. I don't know. Like, don't forget that Samsonov has never really been the starter on Washington, right? Like, last year, Vanacek also got a bunch of games because Samsonov was sick, and obviously there's lots of good excuses for why Samsonov hasn't, like, taken a hold of that starter's job, but it is a little concerning. But yeah, if you could wait, maybe here's here's the advice. Grab Gibson if you can, maybe drop a forward. I don't know. Try to figure out a way to get him on your roster so you could have dibs because someone else is going to grab him soon. He's not going to stay at 46% rostered, I don't think. Also, Anaheim has that good schedule. They play on a lot of off-day games, which is really handy if you have two goalies spots and you have three goalies you might be able to still get all their games and then yeah sure hold on to Samsonov a bit longer but I don't like these tandem goalies Lewis <laughs> but anyways no, okay I got you I think it makes a ton of, I, I understand where you're coming from and certainly there's some worry especially if they're going to be splitting things right down the middle I totally understand where you're coming from but I don't want to have you know I don't think we should be swinging wildly here in the early season Fair. it's going to be a long long season Longer than last year. I think we've got to pace ourselves a little bit and not panic too early because you don't want a mistake that's going to haunt you for the rest of your season here in week one, right? Yeah, no, I hear you. By the way, speaking of panic, I wonder if there, anyone's panicking about Trevor Zegras. We talked about Mason McTavish scoring a goal in that game. Trevor Zegras, the guy, on, the rookie on Anaheim that everyone was a lot more excited about, he didn't really do anything. Yeah, so Zegras only, he saw less than 10 minutes at even strength. He put up two shots, but no other stats of note. You know, maybe this is just the growing pain that owners are going to have to endure, right? He's he's getting into the league. He's kind of getting used to things. And I know it's tough to say that when you have Mason McDavish, who is also just bursting into the league and having all this success early on. But, you know, maybe it's just a matter of the bounces going his way in this first game. So I think it's another wait and see. You know, he's going to get great deployment. 
Uh, I think that we got to be a little bit patient with Zgrass. He got some nice uh, power play time uh, equal to McTavish. So um, I think that's another uh, that's another one to put a pin in and just see where it goes. Because uh, if you picked up Zgrass to, you know, if you picked him up to be a 60-point guy, he's not going to put up a point in every game. So let's give him a chance to at least uh, get out there for one more and see if he can't, you know, slowly earn that trust and start to see his minutes get a boost. Yeah, it's always tricky at the start of the season. You've got like your players who you drafted, and if they don't have a good first couple of games, and especially if like they're not getting good deployment, like you said, less than ten minutes for Zgrass, and then you see people in your free agency just popping off. You know, you you get jittery, and it's, if you're in a one year league, sometimes it does become justified to drop a Trevor Zgrass, who you know hasn't proven anything yet. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, let's give him one or two more games. Anaheim plays tomorrow, right? So you could at least see a Friday game, you know, and then we could reassess maybe over the weekend. Uh, I assume you're going to say no, but it's maybe kind of tempting for some people even to drop. Zgrass for someone like a Danton Heinen who just scored his second goal in two games today. Someone we mentioned on Keeping Carlson that we were interested in for the very short term while he was on the top line with Jake Gensel. Uh, and yeah, he scored a goal in that game on that top line versus Tampa Bay. Also took four shots. Then today he's been bumped because Gensel is back, but he still managed to score a power play goal from the second power play, taking a lot of shots again. Is is there a chance that Danton Heinen is someone that we're going to be mentioning on this show like more than this time and last time? I mean, it's pretty interesting. We got to obviously wait and see what things look like when the two top centers get back. You know, people are going to get pushed down the lineup when uh, Crosby returns, and obviously Malkin is further off. But if he can hold on to that second line even when Malkin gets back, that could be something that potentially could be quite interesting. I don't know how all that is going to shake out in terms of, you know, what the lines are look like, so I don't want to guess too much. But he certainly does seem to be enjoying himself in uh, Pittsburgh. And, you know, really nice to see him uh, be productive from power play, too. You know, not something that we necessarily were expecting with as thin as the Penguins are right now towards the top of their lineup there. Some other interesting folks we could talk about over on the West Coast are Niels Hoaglander and Oliver ekman Larson. Um, both had some flashes uh, for Vancouver uh, during the big Tuesday, uh, during the Wednesday night slate, uh, Hoaglander. Now he was down on line three and played on power play two, only thirty percent of the power play time. But he definitely flashed some exciting, exciting skill. He set up both Vancouver goals. He took four shots. I really don't love him in that current deployment. And obviously Besser is coming back, so that kind of puts a ceiling on you know how far he can move up the lineup. But you know, definitely someone who, you know, we've been watching for a, f- a couple years now uh, with some interest. So that's a guy that I've got my eye on and that I've watched listed in some places uh, where he's available. Uh, of course, he's against being cupful this week. So his very successful night, uh, you know, I was looking at kind of uh, with a glare, but, you know, from a, from a neutral standpoint, it's cool to see Hoaglander uh, get it together and have some have some success. Uh, OEL also, Elon, did we make too much of a contextless photo of a bag skate early in the preseason? when we all decided that OEL was washed. He posted a power play goal, took four shots, and delivered three hits. He got 24 minutes of ice time, including 4.28 on a good-looking second power play with Hoaglander, Pearson, and Garland. I don't know. You know, some people predicted that maybe he would have a bit of a resurgence now that he had a little bit more of a supporting cast in Vancouver and had gotten himself out of Arizona after all this time. Is this someone you're interested in looking at as maybe a fourth D? 
Yeah, I mean, the thing with OEL is he doesn't even need to have a resurgence. Like, last season, he had 24 points in 46 games. It's a 43-point pace. That's pretty good for a fourth D in a deepish league. And, you know, if he can keep up getting this deployment, which it sounds like, you know, I don't see why not. If he's going to play 20-plus minutes, like, maybe all of a sudden, OEL is getting a little bit better deployment than he was seeing in Arizona at the end there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go crazy over OEL, but he's definitely not a nobody, right? I definitely like the the start he had. Four shots on goal also is nothing to sneak he's at so uh, i like him a lot more actually than hoaglander who yeah had those two assists but he was on a line with uh matthew highmore and jason dickinson so i don't think he's going to be able to keep up that production like you said uh besser's coming back so that deployment's probably only going to get worse uh though of course the canucks could always shake things up so he's someone to watch but yeah i definitely would be more interested in oel than in nils hoaglander moving forward but yeah interesting to see too bad they couldn't score any goals against the oilers in that shootout so they still lose game one but hey pretty good for them to come back later in the third period to get the single standings point there against McDavid and the Oilers. I feel actually pretty fortunate. Uh, my opponent in the cacuffle has McDavid. Only two assists. I'll take it. If he could just get two assists also on Saturday, no goals, uh, that, that's fine with me. I feel like I'm getting out a little bit unscathed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I would be looking at OEL if I've got someone, you know, like um, Peripherals guy down at the bottom of your defensive list, you know, and Asa Lindell and David Savard are a couple guys that I have in some leagues where they're kind of there to put up some points just by blocking pucks and that sort of thing. And I think OEL's got a little more upside than those folks if he is available. Uh, so it's maybe someone who is uh, worth taking a look at there. Yeah, definitely. How about... We, you know, you said the other day you couldn't you know, swing a hockey stick without hitting a podcast that was talking about Tyler Johnson deployed uh, up there on the top line in Chicago. But uh, we saw that, you know, that uh, didn't last too long, right? Yeah, that did not go well in the first game for Chicago versus Colorado. These new look lines, uh, Colorado jumped out to an early lead and Tyler Johnson was quickly bumped down the lineup by Colleton. Uh, so he ended up as a negative three on the night, he had four pims. So I'm sure they didn't like those penalties. Just uh, no shots. So just like anyone who added him and was excited about him, not excited at all. Uh, Henrik Borgstrom took over on the top line. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of people are panic dropping Tyler Johnson. And maybe in some leagues, it's worthwhile to do that, depending on who you're dropping him for. Though it is worth pointing out that Coach Colleton did an interview after the game. And he said that he's planning on going back to the old lines for their next game on Friday versus New Jersey. And you know what? New Jersey, I think they're going to be a decent team, but they're not as good as Colorado. They're even not as good as a McKinnonless Colorado like they were in the last game. So I still think there's a chance that Tyler Johnson can click. Like it's just such good line mates, right? If you're playing with Kane and Debrinket, it's going to go well. Obviously, Chicago just couldn't keep it together against the Avs, but we'll see what happens. So if like Tyler Johnson was dropped in your league and you could stream him in for uh, Friday's game versus New Jersey, I'd give him another shot because you know at the end of the day, it's one game, and we were excited all preseason, and yeah, he had a bad game but let's see if he can hold that spot and see what he can do yeah i think our fantasy managers should be taking a page out of jeremy colleton's book and saying okay look maybe those first couple nights didn't go the way we wanted but that doesn't mean we're gonna jettison the whole roster and throw everything into a blender these are things that we worked on you know going into colorado is never easy uh you know and they had some they had some nice opportunities that darcy kemper managed to turn away so they weren't totally out of that game the way the scoreboard sort of made it look kemper had some very nice play there so you know i don't think they should have expected to win that game and you know they didn't obviously i don't think they need to completely go back to the drawing board just because of that one rough outing Uh, Another person who is getting some interesting top-line deployment, although not the same power play deployment that Tyler Johnson was supposedly going to get, 
uh, is Jesperi Kokaniemi. Seems like they are trying to make the $6 million man uh, make a little bit more sense for the offer sheet that they tendered to him. Uh, hasn't produced anything as of this recording, but definitely something to maybe keep an eye on to see if he keeps up on that top line with Aho and Natchez. So just one more player to kind of add to your watch list there and, and potentially keep an eye on. It would be cool if he could be productive instead of just sort of being this thing that we're sort of making fun of on occasion. Yeah, well, I mean, so far, we're two periods in in this game versus the Islanders. Carolina's up 4-3, to three, and Kakaniemi, sure, he's on the top line, but he's minus one, has no shots, just two a hits. couple hits. Yeah, there you Yikes. go, two hits is your stat sheet, so we'll see how long this lasts. Another top-line guy, by the way, I wanted to bring up was Nassim Kadri, who was a temporary top-line guy in that game for Colorado, and he had himself a great game, right? One goal and one assist, five shots on goal. Both of those points came at even strength, playing with Landis Gog and Rantanen, which is a nice place to be while McKinnon is out, uh, but not to take away from Kadri, but those line mates probably helped him have that successful night, and he's probably going to be going back. Oh, he's almost definitely going to be going back to playing with Burakovsky and Nichushkin once McKinnon is back. And actually, in the next game, Landeskog is going to be out as well because he's suspended for a couple of games. But yeah, I wonder if again, like it's so early, so I don't know what you can pull off in your league. So I'm just throwing some things out there, throwing stuff at the wall. But uh, if you can try to trade Nazem Kadri right now, especially if he has like let's say another good game in his next outing, and maybe the other managers are just kind of like forgetting or not realizing that McKinnon is going to come back and Kadri's not going to have a sweet deployment for long now might be a good uh sell high time like here, here's i'll just throw a random name because i always like to throw something out like ryan nugent hopkins was pointless in his first game maybe maybe you could find someone who would accept a kadri for rnh trade and i would definitely do that and take rnh but obviously also at the same time kadri's not nothing and so if you drafted him feel good about yourself but also don't expect this amazing deployment and production to hold for the whole season yeah, for sure. And like you said, maybe maybe make a move on that sooner rather than later since Landis Cog is going to be out suspended for two games for boarding Kirby Doc. So uh, keep it together there, bud. We don't want to see you suspended any more than you need to be. You know, that top line is getting decimated. We're going to have, you know, ranting it all by his lonesome there, more or less. Uh, let's jump over to Buffalo. We've got a wild one going on. Obviously, things could change. There's still half a period left. But anybody who jumped on Sam Montembo thinking that this was going to be a great opportunity... Uh, to get an easy win over a really bad team. It's not looking so hot as uh, Buffalo leads 5-1 to one over Montreal. Not a great look, obviously. Um, you know, you wish you had Carey Price there, so maybe this would be Jake Allen making the start. But yeah, a rough outing for Sam Montembeau. Another one that's not looking so good. Uh, although no one should probably be surprised by this, but Columbus has come out firing on all cylinders. Uh, and leads a 6-1 to one over Columbus. So anybody who had Carter Hutton, I won't name names, but I know a certain uh, host who shares a podcast feed with us uh, got convinced <laughs> to pick him up, and that is looking like a grim choice here tonight. Yeah, I think that's uh, Ve Melka back up on Arizona is going to be getting a game before too long if he hasn't already gotten in today, 6-1. And then, yeah, Montembeau having this crappy game against Buffalo, and yeah, we could blame it a bit on Montembeau, but also, hey, Buffalo... I don't know. Let's look at too crazy, but uh, it's surprising that they're able to score five goals. And the one goalie that we talked about is not being of much interest that is playing well out of, you know, Carter Hutton, Montembeau, and Craig Anderson. It's Craig Anderson who's actually having himself a night, right? He's stopped 25 of 26 so far. Like you said, there's still half a period to go. But obviously, maybe not every game will be against a Habs team that is struggling. But this Craig Anderson, he's not done yet. And he was also, he didn't play much last year, but he got in a playoff game and he still looks strong. So yeah, he's 40 years old, but clearly he's still got a little bit of game left. So if you're in one of your like super deep leagues, here's a crazy one for you, Lewis. Who'd you rather have? Craig Anderson or Anton Forsberg if you need a goalie you're desperate for a goalie in a league where there's no one available except for those two guys 
I think I will take Forsberg. Uh, you know, uh, reinforcements are on the way. Maybe he can, uh, you know, play his way into a few more starts while you're uh, having uh, Matt Murray, you know, on the recovery. Matt Murray has not been, you know, all that spectacular himself. So maybe he can work his way into like a 1A, 1B type situation on a sort of okay Ottawa team. I guess that's the way I'm leaning right now. Okay, yeah, that's fair. And I should point out, I might have to eat a little crow because Jeff Skinner, two assists so far today. I'm not going to get too like crazy because this is against Sam Montembeau who's struggling, but I did say on our Discord that to uh, people who are like excited about a Jeff Skinner resurgence, I was like, uh, I'll believe it when I see it and sort of was poo-pooing it. But so far, good game for him. Uh, all right, let's finish off in Columbus. You were bringing up that Columbus, Arizona massacre. It's now seven to one for Columbus. I'm going to assume as I bring up the box score now, Carter Hutton's been in for all seven goals against. Wow, anyone who streamed in Hutton is eating it right now that's a shame but apparently uh, one of our keeping carlson co-hosts made a prediction that's looking like it might be right yeah i want to give some credit to dave batten because on twitter today he said that elon and i would be talking about a oliver bjorkstrand hat trick it didn't come all the way true quite yet but uh he's getting there he got two of those seven goals so uh, pretty cool. Nice work there from Bjorkstrand. So, uh, you know, very excited to see him, you know, get back to, to you know, putting together some quality work. He had kind of a, a, a rough outing with a weak supporting cast. And maybe now that things are improved a little bit, uh, he, you know, if people find their feet. He could have a really nice season for us. You know, maybe a uh, 65 point season is, is in the cards for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, let's see what he can do not against Carter Hutton, but for sure, a nice start for Bjorkstrand, nice start for Line A, like everyone's game, Voracek, all the people we were excited about in the preseason, the answer was any of the above would have been someone good to stream, at least for this first game. Texier got a goal, Max Domi in his first game in a while, one goal and two assists so far, Boone Jenner got in on it, Cole Sillinger, everyone on the team, Roslovic, everyone's getting a point. Uh, Okay, let's end the show with a couple late-breaking news injuries that we're just learning about as we're recording. Yeah, so we've got some some stuff going on here uh, that's worth keeping an eye on. Obviously, we'll have more updates as we continue, you know, uh, through tomorrow and get some updates. So uh, watch out on Twitter at Keeping Carlson and at Short Shifts KK. We'll try to keep you informed. Uh, but it looks like Braden Holtby has left the game uh, between Dallas and the Rangers, uh, and Kudobin is in. Uh, so that might mean that you know we were. Surprised maybe to see Holtby get the start here, but it might be Hudobin uh, moving forward for the next little while, and maybe Ettinger gets pulled back up. Uh, we also saw Mrazek leave right at the end of the second period. So that's another goalie tandem that if it suddenly becomes a clear one and backup type situation, I think that's going to be something to uh, watch out for. Yeah, and the Leafs, by the way, starting to come back in this game versus the Sens. It was 3 nothing when we started recording. Now it's 3-2 uh, with Jack Campbell has stopped nine all nine shots that he's faced after Mrazek left. So yeah, right now, anyone who drafted Campbell, who obviously he fell in drafts because we expect to be a tandem with Morazic right now I mean you obviously don't want to be like a bad person be wishing ill on Morazic but if you have Campbell on your team you're like oh, you know, take your time Morazic you just want to make sure you come back at 100% and don't forget also last year Morazic missed a bunch of time for Carolina so this is a situation that might not be great for the Leafs but definitely could be good for Jack Campbell fantasy managers man what a crazy night uh, I'm excited to go and watch the rest of these games this is feel, felt like a whirlwind I can't believe the show's almost over I feel like there's so much more to talk about but I guess that's what Brian and I are going to do on Sunday when we'll have more time to really breathe it all in and talk about the uh, first week of NHL action. 
Absolutely. It has been totally wild. It is a completely different animal recording in season. You know, we've got games actively going on as we record. We've got so much more news to discuss. It's not just a bunch of speculation. That's what makes this time of season so great is we ha- we can stop wondering a little bit and we can start knowing a little bit. And I really enjoy that aspect of it. So thanks everybody who is tuning in. Thank you as always for downloading and listening to our show. We so appreciate it. Please consider becoming a patron of the show. Check out Keeping Carlson slash patron uh, we would love to have you our discord is just buzzing uh, you know we've got our our discord zebras who have just done such a fantastic job making it a really useful and interesting place it is crazy all of the innovation that we see going on in there uh, so thanks especially to Kevin Abair uh, Jeremy Versillo John Newhold for all the great work they're doing there uh, it's been it's been really fun Elon thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight I hope you had a good time I had a great time, and I have one last thing I want to throw out before I leave. Watch out for this William Nylander season, okay? Like, this guy already has one goal and assist today. Both of these goals by the Leafs late in the game. You know, he got one of them, assisted on the other. He also scored in the first game versus Montreal. Five shots in that first game. He's got six shots today and counting. We saw Nylander really break out in the playoffs last year. He was, like, one of the best players on the team, and now he's starting this year super hot. We've never seen Nylander have that huge, like, 70-plus point season that we expected him to be able to put up when he signed that big contract. This might just be the one. He's looking really good so far. And in fantasy, when you're multi-category leagues with shots on goal counted, woo, I'm definitely liking 11 shots through two games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And there's so many more players that we're going to get to see do this kind of great, exciting stuff and maybe start to break out the season. Elon, this has been awesome, but we got to bring the show to a close. Thanks for joining us. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.